It is Friday. It is December 17th. Good afternoon and welcome. I'm Jeff MacArthur sitting in this afternoon for Alan Carter and welcome to everybody listening in in London, Hamilton and Toronto. And yes, it is a Friday. That is the good news. And let's all hang on to that, shall we? Because the rest of the news on this Friday afternoon, not that great. Just really not that great. I was a return to the early part of the pandemic last night. Were you watching this in Montreal? Canadians playing inside an empty building, empty Bell Center last night against the Flyers. Bit of a last-minute decision due to, of course, the escalating threat from Omicron. And speaking of escalating, the numbers for the province are out, and as expected, uh, they're up. They're up substantially again today. 3,124 cases reported on this Friday, which is a bit of an alarming number. Also alarming is the fact that uh, just over 2,100 of those 3,124 cases are amongst those that are fully vaccinated, or so-called breakthrough COVID. So, to bring this all together, let's welcome in our good friend, infectious diseases specialist and devout Habs fan. See what I did there? Uh, Dr. Suman Chakrabarty joins us to lead things off here on Global News Radio. Doctor, good afternoon. Afternoon, Jeff. Okay, uh, over the 3,000 mark today here in Ontario, cases, by the way, in Canada now up 45% from last week. Could you just, first of all, Dr. Chakrabarty, could you give us kind of your level of concern where we stand right now? You know, I'm going to say something that I think um, is something a lot of us are thinking right now. Of course, I'm concerned about uh, the wave of cases and potential hospitalizations. But I'm actually much more concerned about the response that we are having to this. Two years into the pandemic, uh, while case counts are important uh, to watch, they are often being given to us devoid of any context. And, you know, we're really, really panicking based on this number going up. Whereas one of the things that I've constantly talked about, which is hospitalization, which certainly can start to rise at some point in, in the near future as well, they've remained fairly flat even now. So I think that we're just still not looking at the big picture. And even though I think concern is warranted, I think the panic isn't. Okay, because there has been warnings this week regarding ICU capacity and what's ahead. The fact that our ICUs could be overwhelmed as early as a couple of weeks from now, the first part of uh, January. So uh, is there a warranted concern there? Do you think about the status of our healthcare system? Definitely. I, I think that, uh, you know, looking at uh, the numbers, the main argument is that uh, even if Omicron ends up being more mild, it's just the sheer number of cases that can happen all at once can certainly mean that uh, you get a lot of hospitalization, even if the, the proportion is small, the absolute number is big. So I think that uh, there are still some mitigating things that I think that we are approaching 90% of eligible people vaccinated. There's quite a bit of post-infectious immunity in a lot of the denser parts of our population. This is not something that's very well uh, talked about. And this is part of the reason why I think the fourth wave here uh, in one of the hottest regions was really not all that bad. So I just think that I get uh, preparing for the worst uh, and and hoping for the best. But I just am uh, a little bit worried that we're letting these numbers and our our panic uh, get away from us. Okay, because uh, I wanted to ask you about that. Does the fact that so many of us in the province are vaccinated, as you mentioned, uh, upwards of 90% now, should that, do you think, stem the tide when it comes to hospitals being overloaded in whether it's a couple of weeks or maybe a month or two uh, from now? 
Or is there some concern? I mean, if you look at the numbers today in Ontario, we have uh, roughly 1,000 unvaccinated infected. And uh, could that number itself just overwhelm hospitals? Certainly, it is a possibility. But one thing that's interesting about um, uh, about Omicron is that not only does it is transmissible, part of its transmissibility is the fact that it's able to reinfect people to a much higher rate than Delta could because it evades uh, part of your immune response. And the thing is, is that what we know is that as a general rule, reinfections tend to be uh, more mild. So there's a large number of reinfections in that. That actually could be helpful for us. The other thing, too, is that, yeah, we are seeing a breakthrough infections, but we have to remember the main part about this vaccine that we're, that we're uh, concerned with is how it protects severe disease. And still seeing from the hospital side, the people who are being in, uh, infected and uh, admitted to hospital are, by and large, unvaccinated, or they are fully vaccinated, but they have other very significant health conditions. So it's still doing a great job of preventing hospitalization, and that's what's very important. Let me ask you about this study that was out just the other day that shows that Omicron multiplies 70, that's seven zero, 70 times faster in airways than Delta does. That obviously is the bad news, but uh, once it's in the body, it replicates actually 10 times slower. So does that mean, Dr. Chakrabarty, that it's uh, likely that your symptoms will be less, that Omicron is uh, perhaps, uh, it looks like likely, milder than uh, Delta, although it's more transmissible. And if that's the case, is that kind of maybe the best case scenario, the best that we can hope for right now? Possibly. And this is why I don't want to put too much stress in these studies, because it's a mechanistic study. It has to be kind of put into context in the real world. We are getting reports that uh, this tends to have a more clinical, uh, clinically mild course. And this is happening not just from South Africa, but we're hearing this from Europe as well and some places in the States. We still have to take this all with a, a shaker of salt because we're really early in the game. But as the, uh, the evidence starts to accumulate, we are getting this signal that possibly even after we're over this big part of the wave, the fact that it's relatively mild for most of the population, that could be very helpful going forward. Because I mentioned off the top, uh, your Canadians, they played to an empty arena last night in Montreal. There's, as you well know, talk of a uh, possible circuit breaker here in this province in Ontario. Meanwhile, in Alberta, they're only right now making modest uh, changes. Uh, is there a right course or best choice right now when it comes to uh, battling Omicron? You know, I think two years in, we have a lot of experience uh, about what, uh, lockdowns and restrictions. I, I'm very skeptical, especially at this point, given that we're on the really high um, uptake of the curve right now, the exponential growth, that these things are going to do anything. You know, a lot of us are thinking this is probably going to be a very sharp, high, a fast high, and then fast drop as well. Uh, it could peak in a couple of weeks. And I think that when you see something that's that fast, I don't think anything that we can do here is going to make that much of a difference uh, in uh, changing that. But people who have gotten vaccinated, you have protection. People who are eligible for the booster, especially those over the age of about 50 or 60, or with immune-compromising conditions, these are things that we can do to lessen the personal risk impact. And I think that's what we are really rolling out right now. But again, I'm very skeptical that any of these capacity limits, uh, empty stadiums, are going to make a huge difference. All right, finally, let me ask you about to travel, because the federal government earlier this week issued a travel advisory, and just breaking within the last hour that a travel ban on 10 African countries, that will be dropped. And starting Tuesday, Canadian travelers will once again need a COVID molecular test before returning to Canada. Uh, what do you think of these uh, enhanced uh, health measures? 
I think that these things um, have an appearance of uh, possibly doing something, but I, again, I'm very skeptical that they do do anything. First of all, Omicron is everywhere uh, right now. We saw, for example, in my own region that we're somewhere around 50% having gone up from like 10% uh, more than a week ago. It's just, it's spreading so fast that I don't think any of these measures at the border, they may look like they're doing something, but I think overall it's not really making much of a difference. I think that we have to shift our perspective to understanding that this is like a freight train barreling at us. It's going to expose pretty much all of us in the next couple of weeks. But the point is we have a massive tool in our belt, which is, of course, vaccination, but now other ways that we know how to treat the people that do get sick, which might be proportionally less. So... Uh, I think it's important for us to really keep a measured response and not to give into the panic. All right. And just finally, doctor, let me ask you about a mask, because there's a lot of questions about that with uh, Omicron and just how transmissible this is. What is your best option right now when it comes to masking? So I think that uh, the, the directive hasn't changed a little bit to now say that N95 masks, a, a well-fitted N95 mask, is a preferred mask, uh, especially if you're looking at the COVID patients and they've recommended it for the public. But that if you want to wear a well-fitted surgical mask, the, the, you know, the, the kind that we see with the uh, elastic ear loops, that's fine as well. Listen, I've been wearing a surgical mask through the entire pandemic. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of COVID patients face-to-face and have been okay. Now, this might be a little bit different with, uh, with Omicron, but the point is it still works. And we're vaccinated. I think that uh, uh, whichever mask you choose to wear, wear something that's either a surgical mask, N95, but I think at this point we know that cloth masks don't work very well. All right. Dr. Shakarbardi, always appreciate your time. Thank you so much for this and have a good weekend. You too. Take care. Dr. Suman Shakarbardi with us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.